Welcome to the Heroes of Reality podcast, a podcast about the game of life and the hero's journey we all experience. Let's jump in with our host, Dylan Watkins, as he introduces today's guest. Welcome, young adventurers. Dylan here. And on today's podcast, I am Sarah Hill. She is the CEO of Helium, a mental fitness application that uses augmented and virtual reality to and devices to power your uh, mental fitness. And I'm so excited to talk to her today, and I'll be bringing her in right about now. Hello. How are you doing, Dylan? Good to see you. Good to see you too, Sarah. How are you doing today? Doing excellent here in the Silicon Prairie where the snow is falling. Oh, wow. Snow is a is a wonderful and beautiful thing. I uh, I got to go up the to Big Bear this weekend and trek through the snow, um, waist deep. Uh, by the way, when they say chains are recommended, I highly recommend you bring them. Otherwise, you'll get a really good workout. Yeah, so, absolutely. Just... Well, we're all about the four wheel drive um, here in the Midwest. So, yeah, I love it. I love it. Um, so yeah, I'd love to talk to you about what you do. I think it's super cool. You you have a an application that does virtual reality and augmented reality for mental fitness. And I would love to hear a little bit about your journey of, of what got you to actually start this application. Yeah, I was, I was a television journalist for uh, decades, uh, about 25 years and covered a lot of the negativity in the world, right? As a, a newscaster, you have to cover trauma, homicides, rapes, murders. We went in with the trauma teams in the aftermath of the tsunami in Sri Lanka and Indonesia. And ultimately that media diet that I had consumed um, not only in television, but also in social media feeds ultimately made me sick. Um, so I developed Helium for me, as well as the hundreds of thousands of people who struggle with anxiety and are looking for some positive fiber, some escape from their current reality and a drugless, non-harmful co coping mechanism that allows them to improve their mental fitness. That's awesome. So when you're talking about you created it for yourself, was this something that you did pen and paper to start with? Was this how did this evolve from, you know, out of your head into some sort of physical things and then and ultimately into the technology? Yeah, so we were working with a group of uh, veterans, terminally ill and aging World War II veterans. You might be familiar with the Honor Flight program. It's a nonprofit and they have hubs all around the nation that take veterans on free physical flights to see their memorials. They fly them to Washington, D.C., uh, and they're escorted and they see the memorials in person. But um, an issue with that program is uh, some of these, um, uh, not an issue with the program, but an issue of, of the current reality is that, um, you know, some of these men and women are 80 and 90 years old. And due to the pandemic, they're not able to travel or due to their own physical health, they're not able to travel. Their bodies are too frail. And so they're not able to get on an airplane to go. So this was um, nearly 10, 10, 10 years ago. Um, and we were using our mobile devices to live stream tours uh, back to veterans in their veterans homes. Uh, just with you know an iPhone or, or an Android, you could be at the World War II Memorial and they could see what we were seeing. Uh, we eventually started using Google Glass, which is an augmented reality device. You remember back in the day and we would live stream it from our face, but there was a problem with that. And that was the fact that you needed to have a volunteer at all times to be the arms and legs of, of that veteran in order to allow them to virtually visit their, their memorials. 
and Google eventually pulled the, the Hangouts on Air program that was allowing us to stream these uh, tours back to these veterans, so we needed an alternative. And that alternative, um, even though we started in augmented reality, was, was virtual reality. So um, through virtual reality cameras, we captured the World War II Memorial, uh, that we then did, a, did films about the, the Vietnam Memorial, the Women's Memorial next, uh, Arlington National Cemetery. We did films uh, out on the USS Nimitz out in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. And to make a long story short, through this volunteer program that we were doing, we noticed that VR was affecting the user's physiology. They just weren't watching these experiences. They were feeling them. They would take off the headset and they would make comments like, I like how I felt in that experience. Can I watch it again? And so a uh, journalist, naturally curious person, wondering what is it about this kind of media that appears to be, you know, uh, impacting their physiology in a positive way, and uh, you know, downshifting their their nervous system almost as as if you put them in a warm bath or some kind of relaxing environment. So we started to study how does virtual and augmented reality environments impact brain patterns, heart rate mood, all of that. And, you know, after a couple years of research, we developed a product. Um, and that product is, is called Helium. In, in four peer-reviewed journals, it's been shown to quickly reduce anxiety, improve mood in as little as four minutes. And these are not only beautiful nature-based escapes, but also using as inputs the data that comes from your wearables and i can can share more about that so that's a very long soliloquy <laughs> to you as your your as an answer to your your question on um how did this evolve to you but it came with a genuine genuine uh, desire to help a group of people who weren't able to physically travel to some of the places where they wanted to go that's how helium was born that's super awesome yeah the the being in vr and those types of things i mean the one of the powers of that is you can be anywhere any place anytime with anyone and and there's so much value in creating something for for literally the u.s heroes right people that have actually you know sacrificed to be a part of that and so it's it's, it's awesome to see how you first go to try to solve something for a, a small group of people but you realize that you know trauma is a is a human condition we've all experienced it right and uh, but first starting with the very painful and expanding outwards is such a beautiful thing when you're talking about this um uh wearables i mean are you talking about like how are you measuring that are you looking are you talking about the sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system or like hrvs or what are the wearables that you're actually using to 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 measure this type of um emotional change right now we have two compatible wearables and those wearables are a brain link light EEG headband. It's just a, a headband that's uh, worn on the forehead, uh, yeah. just like that, right? Um, yeah. And it has sensors on it that are capturing um, the electricity that comes out of your forehead. Those are brain patterns, and you actually have the ability to shift your, your brain patterns by what yeah. you think about and emotion recall. And then we're also using an Apple Watch, smart watches. Um, ultimately, anything that captures your body's electricity will can be used to power helium. And it's a unique way 
to interact with the data from your wearables instead of just tracking it on a flat 2D data dashboard. You're actually developing a relationship with it. You're almost as if you're telling a story with it. You can illuminate a solar system by lowering your heart rate. You can float up the side of a beautiful waterfall in virtual reality by quieting your mind. Um, you can make the rain go um, inside a, a, a jungle um, and see a glowing light uh, move towards you just by your feelings of focused calm. So it's really using your own emotion recall and your own memories. Uh, that's the fuel that powers helium. It's not necessarily the wearable that's powering it. It's, it's you and your own healing powers that you have inside yourself. And we like to call it a self-awareness tool mm -hmm. that allows you to become more self-aware that what you think about absolutely impacts your brain patterns. It impacts your heart rate. It impacts your mood and your, your anxiety levels. And when you lower that stress, that's a powerful tool for your own human performance. You perform better when your mental fitness is better, when your stress is reduced, because you reduce stress, you increase working memory, which reduces the likelihood of errors um, and all of those positive benefits with, with productivity. So really what Helium is, is a human performance tool that's powered by your body's electricity as captured via wearables. And we're constantly adding wearables to the platform. Uh, like I said, we have two right now um, and have plans to add more this year. Well, yeah, that Apple Watch, I mean, it's so powerful for being able to grab your your data and feedback and be able to you know, fill it back to you. I have, I have things where I had an application where I stepped on a scale and it tracks my body weight so I can't escape the fact that I had Cheetos late at night. And, um, and then you go off and it, and it, and it be able to pull that input so that 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 having it linked up to an Apple Watch is such a powerful because it's so ubiquitous. It's so common to have that that plugged on you. I think it's like it's a fantastic tool. What I love about what you're describing at this is there's unconscious um, feedback loop patterns that you have, right? So the unconscious feedback loop is I feel bad, so I do bad, so I feel better, I do better, and you know, all those things, grammar aside, is you're looking at what you're you're breaking the unconscious feedback loops to the forefront and allowing them to see that and one thing I'd be really curious about that, about these patterns is, have you noticed anything around, um, they're playing the game of mental fitness, right? They're going through and they're mentally imagining, um, oh, make it rain more or go up a waterfall or any of those types of things where you're in this mental space where you want to achieve a certain goal, which the irony is to not have a goal and to relax. But then have you seen a thing where because they become aware of the rain, they then slip back out of that? And then there are they reconditioning themselves to to not be affected by these desires or goals or things. So I'm just wondering how how the effects of the actual interactions affect the actual um, goals of what they're trying to achieve. Yeah, um, absolutely. You see responses in all kinds of ways. So what you're you're describing is ruminating thoughts, right? Mm -hmm. Kind of like those those thoughts that, as you said, when you're eating Cheetos late at night, um, you know, you're you're lying in bed thinking about all the things that I need to do and your mind just will not shut up. Um, and so, um, you know, as you're you're using the experience, that's why it's called training. Right. Um, that it's not just, um, you know, quiet 
melodic, you know, uh, experiences, you will find some music on there that is upbeat and some images that aren't necessarily meant to lull you to sleep, that it's, it's a training tool and you're, you're actually challenged in order to try to keep your mind calm and try to keep your mind focused um, while doing these experiences. So um, it really depends on, on the individual. Everybody's brain is, is different. Um, and that's why there are difficulty levels within the app, much as you would lift weights or get on a stationary bike and you could shift gears to go to different levels. You know, we encourage people to start on the very easiest level with helium because if you've never powered anything with your, your brain patterns before, it can, can be awkward, right? Do you remember the first time you rode a bike? Right? You had to create that muscle memory. Your, 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 your brain is, is, is the same way. Um, and ultimately, it's, it's, it is a self-awareness tool. And it's, you, it's like you are playing a game where your goal is to make this firefly go up. And um, if you uh, have those feelings of focus calm, you can toggle it easy, medium, or, or hard, depending on how you want to train. Or you can toggle it off altogether so you get no feedback and you just the experience automatically plays. And that's how it works without a wearable as well. But if your mind is focused and calm, then that um, uh, firefly will go up. And that's the feedback that, that you get to know, okay, am, am I doing it right? And then the negative feedback, which negative feedback is how we learn. Uh, the background will either turn red, the flowers will stop growing, the solar system darkens as that gentle reminder to you that you need to either shift or you know, recall something uh, that could move it, um, uh, that firefly and make it go up. So yeah, it, it, it's, it's like a muscle that you train and yeah. um, it's not really, it's a, a different flavor. You know, we use meditation in, in quotes. Uh, some people mm -hmm. call it neuro meditation. Our co-founder, Dr. Tarrant, calls it neuro meditation, um, where you're using different brain patterns uh, and different kinds of, of meditation. And not all meditations are the same. Not all meditations are just for your calm. They're also for your focus, for your mm -hmm. mindfulness, um, open heart or what are what's called positivity as well. That's awesome. Yeah. I'd love to learn a little bit more about, you know, you, you talked about the, you know, you can you toggle it on or off if you don't have a device. Um, but you know, so much about games is feedback. So much of a game is understanding where am I at and then where do I want to go? And so I'd love to learn a little bit about your path to mastery right? How do people get started? You talked about toggling easy, medium, hard, but is there a, is there a path to mastery how they can tell, oh, I've, this is where I'm starting. And how do they tell that I've, I've, I've mastered the game of internal awareness and reflection? Is there a way for them to know that and be able to tell? I know it's very, especially without a device, very difficult to tell, mm -hmm. but with these, with these devices, whether the Apple or the, um, the, the EEG, um, it, do you have a path to mastery that kind of kind of shows them from a bird's eye view where they are and how they get there? So helium is like a feeling mirror um, in a way. Um, and ultimate mastery, you know, that comes within yourself, right? Um, uh, not necessarily a, a device that will tell you whether or not you're, you're, you're doing it right. Um, some people have a very well-established mind-body connection and um, that they know 
um, that, that they're doing it right. And then there are the rest of us that need some training tools. And so Helium comes with a data dashboard that allows the user to track their progress over time. So they get a Helium score and Helium score is really like stress resilience. It's, it's measuring your focused calm and you have the ability to track that score over time. When you come into the experience, you get, you get a score. And then after you're finished with the experience, you get a score and it asks you whether or not you want to save that data. Um, then our subscribers can log into a data dashboard. They can see their own individual brain patterns uh, tracked over time. Obviously, it's not a diagnostic tool. Um, it's not going to tell you you're positive, you're a negative person, or you, you're depressed, um, or you're, you have anxiety. It's, it's not a medical um, diagnostic tool meant to be used inside hospitals with patients. Mm -hmm. um, it's used with not only youth and, and young adults, but corporate wellness programs, athletes, esports athletes doing a lot with, with esports um, because mental fitness is very important how they perform. Helium is also uh, recently been deployed to the front lines for nurses for compassion fatigue. And nurses are worker athletes. They are absolutely, you know, experiencing a large amount of stress and yet they have to persevere. So, you know, just as they you have to train your body, you know, it, it, it is training your mind to become more resilient and to learn to self-regulate so that when you don't have an, an EEG headband, you don't have a, a brain link or you don't have um, a, an Apple watch or a smartwatch to see what your heart rate is doing, you can imagine some of those scenes and some of those memories that you needed to recall in order to downshift your nervous system. That's awesome. Or focus your nervous system, uh, depending on how, how you want to train. Yeah, with that, yeah, I would love to hear a little bit more about because the esports and and the whole mindfulness area is 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 relatively new. Um, bringing that in, but they are the new type of athlete, these esports gamers, and then it, but it is an it is a highly competitive area where it does create a lot of stress. And I'd love to see that. Well, you know, what is the what is the what is the adoption been like for esports gamers? How have they leverage it? Do they do do you know anything about that? Do they do they put it on before the game? When they freak out, and they have a loss. Do they go off to the side and and try it a bit? Like how do they how do they leverage um, helium in terms of esports? Yeah, helium right now is designed to be used before and after the games. So you know, obviously not during um, uh, during the games, but uh, it's been called a digiceutical for tilting. So if you're familiar, you know, with that. Can you say it again? A what? A, a digiceutical for tilting. So, <laughs> yeah. Okay, I know, I know tilting. What, what's a digiceutical? I'm, I'm going to butcher that word. Don't ask me to spell it. What is that? Yeah, digiceuticals. These are VRceuticals or ARceuticals, much like pharmaceuticals. These are drugless, non-harmful coping oh. mechanisms. It's digital, using digital media as a drug of sorts. Um, you know, a, a layer underneath digital therapeutics that are meant to diagnose or treat conditions. Digiceuticals are self-awareness tools, uh, wellness apps uh, that allow you to become uh, more self-aware of those emotions and also train. So when we say tilting, 
Uh, some of the people who are, are listening here might not be familiar with that term, but that you know is a gaming term. You know, for obviously you know, crashing and, and burning and, and and you know losing it. So, how do you improve your performance? Well, you improve your performance by reducing that mental fatigue, and you reduce stress. You increase the working memory, which reduces the likelihood of errors. And so, you know, mental fitness is so important, not just in esports, but you know, all of, uh, you know, all sports is ultimately a mental game. So we are really excited to be working with several teams. Um, I can't tell you the names of them other than they're in Washington, London, and uh, Vancouver is, is, is the other one. Um, and also esports and, and enthusiasts as well. So, um, you know, stress is a $300 billion profit and people killer. It specifically in the wake of COVID right now, you know, this is a, a mental health emergency. So stress management really covers a variety of, of different personas, uh, not only from esports, but from uh, youth and, and, and young adults who are among the most stressed populations in the world um, to athletes to worker athletes like, like, like nurses. So a really important um, uh, area right now as it relates to everything that we're experiencing in the greater pandemic with the uncertainty, people working from home, they're homeschooling their, their children. You know, obviously it needs no explanation that this is the Stress Olympics right now and not everyone has trained for it. Yeah. And have you seen in terms of like, because you're right, the st stress is a human problem. And especially with the pandemic, it is, it, 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 you know, we are social creatures and we got thrown into a whole antisocial area, right? In the era of time. So, um, I mean, how have you seen people adapting to using helium in the, in the, in the pandemic or post-pandemic era? You know, how they've been using it and leveraging it in terms of, because you're right, they, they have been training, but guess what? The Olympics are here and it's time to go. So have there been... I mean, have you have you has your business been affected by the pandemic in a way, shape, and form because of this? And then, mm -hmm. how have you how have you responded to to actually help facilitate um, any type of um, uh, mental change because of it? Yeah, the pandemic is you know sadly a growth area for us. Um, mm -hmm. So you know, not only growth in the area of of helium use and, and sales, um, but because people are sequestered in their homes and don't have the ability to escape. Helium is a walk in the park for those times when those individuals can't take a physical walk in the park. And so these virtual vacations that we've been doing for you know, nearly a decade um, with veterans and, and other individuals are suddenly, you know, um, ha have a light sh shown on them in their utility because people don't have the ability to, to, to physically travel. You know, great example, you know, there are more than 130 honor flight hubs around the nation that do really important work as a nonprofit in order to fly veterans on free flights to see their memorials. But they, like a lot of other non nonprofits out there, have, have they're not able to fly. Um, or much less take an 80 or 90 year old, you know, uh, veteran 
who might already be, be frail to see their memorials. So, you know, these are some affordable solutions that obviously seeing the World War II Memorial in VR goggles is not nearly as memorable, as important, as inspiring or impactful as seeing it on a real honor flight. I mean, that's like the best way to see it, right? With other people that you served with. But in this, this pandemic, it's, it's what we have. It's a tool that we can use. And also too, I think a tool that even after the, the pandemic has passed, um, that, that uh, we'll be able to provide to, 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 to people who don't have mobility, they might be in hospice, or they might be a, a youth uh, and, and young adult who has mobility, um, but for what, for whatever reason prefers um, to, to be in that safety of, of the comfort of, of their own home, but yet feel like they're someplace else virtually. Mm -hmm. How do you use helium? How, what's, how, what's your process for using it for yourself? Yeah, so I started using neurofeedback, biofeedback for my sleep. Mm -hmm. Um, ultimately, you know, that was a downfall for me. I had those ruminating thoughts at night before you go to bed. And ultimately, after years of that, that's what made me sick. Um, your, if your nervous system is not properly getting uh, the ability to downshift at night or even downshift during the day, it will short circuit. And that's, you know, what happened with myself. So I use helium for sleep. Uh, in order to quiet those ruminating thoughts, I can be in a magic snow globe. I can, you know, float through a nebula in space. I can float up the side of a beautiful waterfall, be in a beach, in a grove of sunflowers. And to me, it's almost uh, like bedtime stories, <laughs> you know, for adults that's putting in beautiful picturesque images in your mind before you go to sleep. Some people have a CPAP you know, uh, machine on their bedside, I've got virtual virtual reality goggles. And it's almost like it is a, a portable digital chill pill um, that can be, you know, a part of your, your bedtime routine. Um, other people use it to escape uh, stressful uh, situations like a painful procedure like chemotherapy or suture removal or you know before you go into an mri or you know your child has had a bad day you're going through a divorce you just lost a parent i mean there are so many ways that helium is used uh, because stress management is such a huge problem have you seen your dreams change at all by going through helium has there been a pattern of like has there been an affecting because you're, you're you're really mean setting the subconscious before you go to bed and you're talking about downshifting your nervous system has there been a change in dreams or patterns that you've seen i would not say a change in dreams mm -hmm. um lucid dreaming is, is a big topic that i am um highly interested in but i would not say that it's that i that i've noticed a change in my in my dreams um a change in my ability to self-regulate mm -hmm. And also to downshift my nervous system, yes. And a change in my ability to do that without a headband, yes. Because I have unique memories because I've used helium and, and mental training that are burned into my brain that I know exactly what I need to think about in order to downshift my nervous system, increase my, my focused calm.
Mm-hmm. And right now, when you're talking about the VR goggles, are you talking about because are you primarily available on the Quest, but you're also are you on uh, Vive as well, or what what platforms of VR are you on? So we're hardware agnostic. Um, mm -hmm. We like all of the headsets. So we're on Oculus Quest, uh, Quest Two, Pico mm -hmm. Goblin. You can also download us from the Pico Goblin store. And then in the next few weeks, we'll be on Vive and Steam as well. Um, so, you know, any place that, that has a headset has the ability to get Helium. Just, just search for us, H-E-A-L-I-U-M, in your virtual reality store or also on iOS and Android with your iPhone or your Android. If you don't have virtual reality goggles, that's not a barrier, barrier to entry. You can use our augmented reality products, which just take the assets and put them on your mobile device inside your living room. Um, and then you can move your phone around to see some of those different assets. So you can search for Helium on the iOS and Android app stores. Nice. Now with that, I know that um, I think Vive has been looking at um, getting into plugging in like brain interfaces um, with there. I forget it was like, I think they're working with like the open something. I can't remember what it was. Open, but are you, open are you, BCI, maybe. Open BCI. I'm not sure, yeah. but I think I think that's what you're referencing. And, yeah, no, you're right. It, it's it's, it's uh, what it was. I, I was thinking of open waters, uh, but no, it's it, you're right. It's open BCI, which is the brain control interface. And so are you looking to integrate with those brain control interfaces and making it one holistic unit? Because uh, I know right now you're talking about the, the different devices that are out there, but do you have any future plans to port to that type of stuff? So we're a content company, not a hardware, not a hardware company. So um, other people build the hardware and um, we build the experiences and the content that's controlled by your biometric information. So no, we do not have plans to create any kind of hardware device um, or virtual um, reality headset or or even no. headband. We work with existing. That's not that's not what I meant. So I apologize if that's how it came across. What I'm saying is, in terms of that, they have their unique hardware that you're not going to build. But you, are you planning on using that a holistic device approach, where instead of it just being the, the watch or the headband, um, doing developments with those with that hardware company, the Vive with the with the Open BCI stuff, and being able to actually take all of that to make it one holistic um, system. I was just that was more of the question, not necessarily hardware. Yeah, specifically, I'd have to see the system, uh, you know, what it's like to know whether or not that our um, our voodoo would work with their voodoo um, on, on the back end. But ultimately, we're hardware and wearable agnostic. So it doesn't do you matter, you know, what what kind of hardware you use. It's bring your own wearable um, yeah. and, and use it to power helium. B-Y-O-H. Gotcha. Yes. So, so with that. Um, I mean, ultimately with your company, like where you're going with Helium, what do you want, what do you want to, you know, grand vision with Helium? What do you, what do you want uh, Helium to become ultimately? We want people to discover the healing powers inside themselves, mm -hmm. uh, one immersive journey at a time. And we want this to be a way for people to realize that their thoughts do have power to control things, not only in the virtual world, but but the real world as well. It truly has an effect. I mean, we you know this, the energy, communication, things like that. You you can you can say something and say the same thing with complete different energy intent, and it comes across very 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 differently. Um, mm -hmm. So that it 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 
it's just a bit intangible, but you can feel it, which is an, which is an incredible thing. Um, what have you faced in terms of your own personal challenges to bring this company to life in building the company, building augmented reality and virtual reality and mindfulness and, and all the things that you've done, you've, you've been on a road and a journey to come up here. What have, what have been some threshold guardians that you've had to do battle with to bring this company into existence? Um, primarily education. That's our, you know, the greatest uh, barrier to entry is that people aren't accustomed yet to using their brain patterns or their heart rate as power sources for media, right? It's 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 a different concept. They're used to tracking the data with their wearables. They're not used to using themselves as like a source of 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 power and internal power and training and working those internal muscles. Um, but I think in the coming months and years, you know, we'll be hearing a lot more about that as meditation, you know, flips a coin from being a primarily um, something that that's passive that you imagine by closing your eyes uh, to be being something that is open eyed visual that you're actually powering with with uh, data, biometric data that, that comes from that. So education, number one. Um, number two, obviously, it takes a certain amount of digital literacy in order to use virtual and augmented reality, right? Um, yeah. uh, and for virtual reality, it requires hardware. Now, we've solved for that with having an augmented reality product that you can use just with your, your mobile device. Um, but obviously, not everyone has a virtual reality headset. But the form factor of those headsets are getting lighter. And then, you know, with Helium's AR product, you you, you don't need a, a headset at, at all. Um, as well, you know, operating in the Midwest, in the Silicon Prairie, uh, we had to build our company on revenue uh, because there wasn't access to venture capital. And at the time, uh, you know, that was really hard to do when our friends and neighbors are raising millions of dollars, you know, from in investment banks. Um, you know, we were out there uh, doing anything that, that we could in order to get customers in the door that would allow us to finance our product development. And ultimately, it turned out to be a great way to finance the company um, because you developed relationships along the ways of those customers um, that you know then became customers for for Helium product, but there are you know you could do a whole podcast on that on you know what are what are some of the challenges that that entrepreneurs face, um, but specifically here in, in our neck of the woods in in the Midwest, um, you face an uphill uphill battle. There are no VC funds in our community in our Columbia, Missouri. Uh, there are angel groups. And you know, smaller groups that support this, but historically, companies from our parts don't raise you know large uh, investment rounds or even more than one round. Um, it's mm -hmm. it's you know you raise a, a pre-seed and, and and then you're done. But what you're finding is is really fascinating how not only are companies from the east and west coast coming to the Silicon Prairie, the Kansas Cities, the Austins. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, because they're seeing how these companies build their products on revenue and they're capital efficient. And so you'll, you'll hear more and more hero stories uh, about entrepreneur uh, companies coming from the center of the United States because you have the ability to do it cheaper, better, faster 
costs of goods are lower here, cost of talent um, is, is lower. And you also have the ability to quickly iterate because these companies uh, are not massive in size um, that they can, they can pivot um, and, and iterate on a dime. Yeah. And well, and it's also a bit of a, it's a bit of a, a, a false holy grail in a sense of a lot of people in Silicon Valley or wherever you want to call it. They're like, if I just got that investor, if I just got that million dollars, then I would be set. And then it's like, once they get that, oh, great. Well, what's my goal? Build a highly profitable business. And like, oh, well, if only I would have started building a highly profitable business out the gate, you wouldn't need to be beholden to investors and invest and all the other things that sometimes you can spend. It's like a full business trying to raise capital and do all that fun stuff versus cutting that middleman out and just building a profitable business, which is the point of all the, the venture capital and things. And so, I mean, I, I think it's great that you've been able to actually build that without capital because it, it's not um, it's 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 to me is more of a distraction versus you you're focusing on solving problems and adding value to the ecosystem that you serve so i think that's and that's great well um, thank you but it's not to say i i have done this without capital um have you know received angel investment um and you know that investment is important to in order to be able to scale faster um, mm. and also to finance product development and you know securing ip all of those things that that tech companies need so you know i'm not saying i did i bootstrapped you know the whole thing we absolutely got uh, investment but we didn't get it at a level um you know so so then you're saying that what you got was like at what point did you need to take on investment was that the ideation stage to go from ideation to software or was that from software to scale at what point did you what, did you need that angel investment did how how much of traction did you need to have to really make that happen? So we bootstrapped the company, um, and I think we were we were probably at about um, a half a million dollars in revenue um, mm. before we took on our, our first angel investment. And that angel investment was uh, for that research to know, um, you know, do these products have an impact on physiology? Can they be created in a way that has an even greater, uh, an even greater impact? And so that was the, 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 uh, the funds of the first investment that came in, not only for the research, but also for the, for the product development in order to, to build that first beta prototype. Uh, where looking back now um, was was very very clunky with uh, you know two red and blue lines uh, yeah. you know stop and start button and that was pretty much it but that was enough to in order to educate people about what we were building mm -hmm. and how um, we wanted to unlock a, a new layer of of, of mental fitness um, and and human performance. Yeah, there's always that ugly baby time where you gotta, you gotta, right. you're like, okay, here's my ugly baby. Yes. I know it's ugly, but please love it. I love it, you know. And that's a really hard thing to get through because a lot of people spin things up where they, we, they'll never show off the ugly baby to get to the, to get to the, you know, the, the more attractive phases down the line um, of the, of where the product life cycle is going. Um, mm -hmm. When, when you're talking about uh, um, the bringing on these investments and things like this, like uh, two questions, but let me start with the first one is 
with that, did now were you? How did you choose your investors? Is it, it were they were they culture alignments? Were they were they you know fiscally focused or what about you? How did you make your decisions around choosing what investors to bring on? Yeah, our first investors um, uh, were not necessarily fiscally focused, but definitely mission oriented, um, and and we were aligned, which then uh, you know pays dividends as there, as it relates to. Uh, a, a fiscal focus. So um, these were a group of in individuals who tried our ugly baby that was crawling around with the wrong yeah. shoes on its foot and, um, you know, overlooked all of its flaws and said, I get where you're going. You know, I can overlook that the onboarding is, you know, it was clunky and that, uh, you know, connection issues, um, but I see where the confluence of wearables, um, the the opioid epidemic where people are looking for drugless solutions, the greater pandemic where people are sequestered in their homes and they're needing to escape their, their current reality. Also the rise of 5G and the enablement of more real-time data capture. I get Sarah how all of those are leading in a, in a direction that would allow for a, me, a new kind of media channel to uh, uh, come in that allows you to power it with your body's body's electricity, and you know ultimately that's all investment is 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 believing in in the idea, and you know trying to equip the team that can take the, that ball um, and and execute on it, and that's you know one of the thing, things with not just myself, but we have a phenomenal. Um, team of ladies, you know, uh, uh, here in, in Columbia, Missouri, that uh, execute every single day, uh, you know, with limited resources and, uh, you know, are, have surpassed some of the, the, the companies even that received tens of millions in, in investment. Are you primarily um, uh, a female majority company or is that is that a focus of yours or is that is that a, a strategy or a, a purpose or what can you say a little bit more about that? We're a, a women owned certified small business. Mm -hmm. So, yes, um, I'm I'm the female founder, uh, the CEO and the majority of people who work at, at Helium um, are female. Wow. Uh, yeah, that's that's incredible. So so with that, um, how have you noticed? Um, how is the culture different? Um, being primarily female and things like that. What what about that? Um, do you do you feel lends itself to being a competitive advantage? And what what insights have you gone from 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 you know actually starting? Because that's a very unique to be in this deep of a tech space, being female run, majority female run. I'd be very curious about the, the culture behind that and and just the um, how it's how it's been for you. Yeah, um, you know, there are a lot of great companies um, in the X, uh, XR space that are women led. So it's great that, you know, we're not as much of, of, of a minority as, as we were. But, you know, I certainly appreciate your, your question and um, I'm glad that you asked it. And, you know, I guess it's, I don't know, just being in 
the the battlefield of, of that it's hard for me to articulate what it's like because i've never built a company as a man in the tech space <laughs> yeah, that's fair. you know i i don't know anything different um you know we're just people building building a, a product um uh, and trying you know to to do to do the best that we can and um we've been helped not only by a lot of phenomenal women but amazing men who have, you know, uh, recognized uh, that they have influence that can help us as well, uh, and using their influence in order to open up doors for us. So, you know, when you, you you're building a company, it's, it's we're not just building it with um, women. Uh, you know, we're building it with uh, uh, men and um, you know people on all gender spe spectrums. Sure. Yeah. And I was just, I was super curious when you said that, I was like, wow, like I'm a part of, you know, of course I'm a guy, white male tech company, things like that. I was like, wow, I wonder what it'd be like to be a part of an all female. I'm like, that's going to be you a whole different visit us. You should visit us. <laughs> I want to. And, the I want to. and um, yeah, we, you know, we, we have a great time here building, mm -hmm. building products. Um, and you know they're playing Beat Saber uh, out in the lobby, just like you would at, at any other tech company. Yeah. yeah. How do you? I mean, how do you think of in terms of culture? I mean, do you have um, conscious rituals that you do, especially the, what you do in a lot of those things? I'm very much interested in cultural dynamics and ways to be able to build because you spend. I mean, you spend a most of your time, especially being a startup, and you know this as a CEO, you spend a majority of your time with the people that you work with, right? And and so, how do you how do you look at culture, and and do you have rituals and systems and ways to 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 kind of have that cultural check in? Um, I'd be really curious uh, on, on that point, especially with the mindfulness side of things. Of how do you operate on a day to day basis, considering culture? Yeah, and culture for any young company is always a growth area, right? That's always something that we want to improve. But we have a variety of, of, of rituals. Um, you know, one of my favorite ones is that uh, we stand on the couch a lot. So we have, have a couch um, in our office that's followed us from our, our, our many moves over the last few years. And it's a couch where we celebrate the no's as well as the yeses. So um, anytime we get, uh, you know, feedback, whether that be from um, a, a grant that we applied for that we didn't get or, you know, a, a customer churns or you didn't get investment um, or, you know, it, all of the whole ebbs and flows that, that a founder experiences. And, you know, these letters that you get, it's like yeah. you you've gotten so many no letters that you know from reading the first few words whether or not it's it's a no or or, or mm -hmm. yes and in yeah. order you know for myself and you know i hope it helps our employees as well but you know we had to develop some of these tools to get us through all of the slew and onslaught of no's that you get um as as a founder of a tech company in the midwest right yeah. so um you know these are little tactics that are you know, yeah. helpful for me to keep going and that, you know, we can stand on the couch and read that letter that we got from company X that says, you know, you did not receive this particular grant 
or this particular contract or, or whatever. And it also teaches us to be resilient yeah. um, mentally and the fact that those no's are data and we should mm -hmm. absolutely celebrate them. We should take them, wipe them all over our body like mud and stinky fertilizer that will help us grow and then help us get to those yeses. And so, you know, as entrepreneurs, we are in the mud a lot, the mud of uncertainty in which way we go, product market fit, you know, who's your customer, where, where is, is who's your end user, who's paying for that, all of this ambiguity of um, a young company's life. And, you know, people who are working at those companies the, the leadership and the employees, it's like dog years. It ages them. So yeah. if you don't have some kind of coping mechanisms in place where you try to normalize all of that onslaught of no, 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 that you're going to get, you know, you're not going to be able to uh, get as many yeses because you're not going to have the self-confidence in yourself. And so that's, you know, one of the things that, we try to grow here is that it doesn't, you know, the, and the XR industry is so new. Mm -hmm. People don't have, you know, uh, years and years of experience. I didn't have years and years of experience, you know, before I founded the uh, virtual and augmented reality company. And so we've really tried to instill a sense of, um, oh, you don't have that expertise in that particular skill set. Lucky you. You know, we get to learn it. And then sometimes, uh, you know, what we're finding is that, you know, people do it better when they don't have that institutional knowledge, um, when they're just on the front lines and, and doing it. And, you know, a lot of our um, employees and leaderships are wearing not one hats, but three or four hats. And, um, you know, it really takes a unique kind of individual to work at a young company or at a startup who has the ability to do this all day long, get told, no, 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 no. And so from a culture perspective, you know, we're, we're still learning, you know, what is the best formula for that? But one of the things that works for us is standing on the couch. Yeah. <laughs> I just pictured walking past your office and just seeing like you know women on a couch rubbing these no letters jumping up and down it's a it's a very fun image but the the i love that you have a cathartic process for dealing with the emotional roller coaster because it's a very kinesthetic jumping up and down letting it go tom cruising on the couch just letting it all go out it's a very uh it's a i think it's a it's a very powerful lesson for anybody that's going into that is that your ability to handle rejection and process it and 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 not not repress it not not hide it not that but celebrate it is something that's going to it's going to it's going to allow you to endure and cuz it's a game of endurance and and embracing and 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 all of that uh all of the times cuz it's a roller coaster going through the the startup land and I, I love that ritual um with that what advice would you give if there was a a, a young female, young male, somebody who wanted to get into the space that were looking to start this up. What were the some lessons that you that you wish you knew um, going into this? Knows are data, uh -huh. and don't and don't let them discourage you. 
and um, you know your family mm -hmm. is your first co-founders in your company, and so you really have to make sure that that they're on board with what you're doing before you do it, because yeah. they are really going to be the ones who have to sacrifice the time um, and you know be okay with um, you know going on a trip and you have to spend part of it you know on 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 your laptop so really make sure that your your partner um is is on board with that because they are absolutely a founder uh you know may, maybe not on the paperwork but but they are a founder in in real life and two find a place to place your hope you know whatever your faith is if you worship the light if you worship nature if you 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 worship a, a god, whatever you do, find some place to place your hope, and then rely on that faith because you are going to need it um, as you go in in that that up and down journey. Wow, yeah, for sure, you need you need that when when all seems lost to be able to be able to say, you know what, I'm holding on to this light. You know, it's just and it might be small, but I've got it, and you just hold on to that thing because it will. It'll bring you through. I think that's beautiful, Sam. Yeah, trust the process. Um, mm -hmm. Trust the yeah. process. Trust the process. I love it. Um, so, uh, you know, as we as we start to wrap this up here, is there any last messages you would like to share um, with the listeners um, before you let people know how to get a hold of you? Yeah, um, we are losing our World War II veterans at a rate of hundreds a day nationwide, and sadly, most of them will not live long enough in order to see their memorials. So if you have a heart for helping any of those aging veterans, I'd encourage you to support your local Honor Flight Hub. You can find your local Honor Flight Hub by going to honorflight.org and then just clicking on your particular state. Uh, this organization is doing amazing work, even in the pandemic, um, in order to ensure that after all of this lifts, those, those veterans can see their memorials. If you have an Oculus Go headset, those veterans could be using that headset in order to see their memorials. Um, so certainly if you would like to donate it, get in touch with me. Um, I'd be happy to put it in a good location inside a, a, a veteran's home. Um, and uh, two, remember as an entrepreneur, if there are some entrepreneurs uh, listening to this, this, this podcast, focus on what you can control. Um, things that you cannot control are just wasted energy. Um, so whenever you start to worry, just, you know, think about whether it's worthy of your worry <laughs> and those ruminating thoughts. And because if you don't have the ability to control it, chances are you shouldn't be worrying about it. Yeah, the uh, worthy of worrying. That's a great concept right there. Worthy of worrying is a very powerful concept. I haven't, I haven't put a lot of thought into and also, I'd love to see if anybody does send over the Oculus Goes over to you. I'd love to see those reaction videos of people putting on the headsets for the first time and experiencing that. That's, uh, I'm sure, that's very emotionally moving. So that's it's, a it's neat to see. We we did a, a virtual tour for a, a veteran in a, a rural town. Mr. Sinclair is 92 years old. Uh, he will never, likely never get the opportunity to see his memorial, but he saw it that day. They had a parade outside his house. And, you know, his wife said it was the best day that he's had all year. Um, so even just, you know, those those goggles that you have sitting collect, collecting dust, even if you're not able to donate it, uh, share them. You know, Honor Everywhere is a free app. 
you can download it on on oculus um we we love a review but share it with an aging veteran who you know who doesn't have the ability to to see their memorial that's beautiful and if people wanted to find out more about what you do to get a hold of you to find more about helium um how would they get a hold of you uh go to tryhelium.com and helium is spelled like healing um so t-r-y-h-e-a-l-i-u-m you're also uh, happy to email me at Sarah with an H at tryhelium.com. Beautiful. Sarah, thank you so much for your time. Yeah. I love all that you do. And, um, and I look forward to going deep in the Helium app. Thank you so much for your time. Thank, thank you. Time. It's great to be here. Thank you for listening to the Heroes of Reality podcast. Check out heroesofreality.com for more episodes. While you're there, you can also take the Heroes Quiz to find out what kind of hero you are. Or, if you have a great story and want to be on the podcast, tell us why your hero's journey will inspire others. Thank you for listening. See you on the other side.